Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 3, Episode 19. Tegan, glad to have you back. How are you doing? Doing good. Getting back in the swing of things. Uh, after getting back from Europe, had a blast at Oktoberfest in Germany, but uh, happy to be home. Happy to get some games running again. Absolutely. Yeah, good to see those back as well. Always good for the time off, but good to get back into things uh, also. So uh, in today's episode, Tegan and I are going to run through building a starship. I think there's a lot of requests for that. Uh, so we're going to go through that process and, and hopefully offer some clarity in that. So we'll get to that here in a bit. But on the front end, uh, of course, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content. Of course, this podcast, a YouTube channel for video tutorials and BODs of our actual plays. Uh, you can find those actual plays on Twitch channels, uh, Tegan's and mine there, which we'll touch on a little bit more. Uh, Instagram and Twitter for just updates and uh, some cool little content pieces like custom NPCs and items, etc. And uh, also our Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support the content that we create, and it does come along with some very cool um, extras, uh, exclusive content if you are a supporter there. We have three new members there uh, at Tier 2, Selena, Corey, and Ray. So thank you to you three and, of course, all of our other existing Patreons there. Uh, Tegan, those members... Um, and uh, any tier two and tier three members will have access to that exclusive content. And uh, we'll be getting out a little past due here, but we'll be getting out our latest Patreon content, the Order 66 Encounter. Tell us, uh, uh, remind us about that. Definitely. So this will be a blast. Uh, sorry for the delay, but you guys will have fun with this one. Uh, it's inspired a bit by MCDM's latest, or not the latest anymore, but they're uh, against the horde scenario where it's basically a survivor scenario. You get points for the different things you come across. But with this being Order 66, Star Wars 5e, so your Jedi are going to be in the midst of Order 66, surrounded by clones uh, and trying to protect uh, a, uh, a starship that's going to be taking off with a, a group of of younglings and they need to buy those younglings as much time as they can uh they know they're gonna they're, they're eventually going to lose but they're basically giving putting their hands in the forest uh to make sure they can protect those they care about so come through for it. it's a fun one uh we have uh four pre-built classes to do so and we're gonna be doing a little bit of leaderboard too so if you do run it come to the discord let us know how many points your group scored and kind of how it went for you and if you stream it like uh at me on that one too i'd love to watch it yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing this in use and all that. Um, those four pre-gens have been posted to the Patreon already, so you, if you haven't seen them, definitely check those out. Uh, but yeah, time of this podcast, that Order 66 encounter will be out. Uh, as well as, uh, this will be a freebie to anyone, um, regardless if you're a Patreon or not, but along with this episode, as we touched on with Starships, we're going to offer three Starship builds, uh, Tier 
zero, so kind of base level, medium-sized ships, uh, so that if you just need a quick ship, you can grab these and, and throw them right into your campaign, uh, whether as a GM to offer to your players or as players to pick that up. And then, you know, it's a good baseline, get into that. So keep an eye out for that. And then uh, on the 25th, so a week from when this episode airs, uh, will be the early access for tier three patrons uh, for the final installment for my campaign development series. And we're with that, we are gonna look at story arcs and closing a campaign, talking about how to kind of uh, set a story's endpoint um, rather than just uh, you know going on and on and on, which is fine. But if you wanted to give you some ideas and thoughts on how to create those arcs, either within a campaign or you know having an endpoint, uh, end story point. Tegan, with you being back, Twitch has kind of started back up for you with your game. So tonight also we'll have an episode of Stranded. Yeah, definitely. So come through tonight. Uh, Stranded, uh, this is uh, the game run by Keith, and we were in a little bit of a tight spot as a group. Uh, we were uh, ambushed by some spiders and had some poor rolls. We're halfway through the fight, and it's not looking great for us. Uh, so come through, see if we can uh, persevere, beat the fight, and you'll find our, our captain who's been kind of lost in the wilderness. So, so come check that out. Uh, and if you haven't yet, uh, catch up on Invasion as well. Uh, we had, uh, it should be actually should be posted by the time this goes live. Uh, we had an amazing Invasion session for kind of our one back this week uh, with uh, the Heroes Under Trial by the Galactic Senate. Uh, so some really fun RP uh, as uh, they try to uh, try to navigate politics, which is not our group's strong suit there. So go check it out. Uh, really fun RP, some good comedy there too. Uh, and then uh, just come hang out with us on Star Wars Tuesday on my channel, TNJ Gaming. Uh, usually we start at 6.30 Eastern time each uh, each Tuesday with either Stranded or Invasion. So come through. Awesome. Yeah. Good to see that stuff uh, back. All right. I think that is everything on uh, our end. Uh, we have There are two new pieces of Star Wars 5e content here. Uh, we have some new force and tech powers and a new species. Tegan, touch on some of the new force and tech powers that we have. So this was actually a pretty considerable uh, update. There's a lot of new powers and some really cool ones. Uh, I'm not going to go through and read all of them. I'm just going to go through and give a couple that I saw that look pretty cool or could have some fun with. Uh, one of them being one of my favorite ones I saw from this, and this is definitely one you can, uh, it's pretty tuned, I'll say. Uh, it's Avalanche. It's third level force power. Uh, it does decent damage. Uh, it's a 20-foot radius. Uh, it basically, you can cause uh, telekinetically gathered debris and cause it to rain down. So um, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's a scene in Obi-Wan that you guys can kind of really fit to the theme of this power. Uh, but basically, uh, each creature in that area is going to make a dexterity save. If they fail, they take 2d8 damage. Uh, but the major thing with this is they're stunned. Uh, so if you wanted to, rather than nuke them with damage and just kind of put a whole team out of commission for a bit, do that. They'll be stunned in the next turn and you can get some, uh, you get some good team synergy going. Uh, so that was one I really liked. Uh, another one, uh, this is kind of outside the damage uh, side, uh, there's Mass Mind Trick. Uh, basically what you do is you manipulate the perception of others with the force to draw attention to yourself. Uh, and basically any creature uh, within range, which is a 60 foot, uh, that you can see within range, I should say, uh, which is 60 feet, which should be a lot of creatures, uh, must make a wisdom saving throw. If they fail, uh, the targets have disadvantage uh, to perceive anybody but yourself. So if this is kind of a cool one if you wanted to do a distraction uh, while the rest of your group snuck past or something crazy like that. Uh, you can really kind of get some cool team synergy going. 
Uh, and then the last one I will touch on today is another really cool one. Uh, with the tech powers, they actually gave a power where you can kind of construct an auto turret, and they actually include the stat block uh, in the in the book too. Uh, so basically, you, uh, it's a level three power, construct auto turret. Uh, it takes uh, a minute and lasts for an hour, but it's a concentration spell. Uh, but it gives you your own auto turret with its own stat blocks, uh, with multi attacks that you can kind of go through, uh, and uh, doesn't move. So it's hopefully going to be some place you're defending or uh, have some way to make it mobile. But uh, definitely kind of cool to get your own little thematic uh, attack turret with you as well. But that was just kind of there's like probably like 20 powers on this. So that was just a couple I saw that were cool. So go through, uh, read them, check them out. Um, I don't know who this one is by. Uh, if I had to guess, uh, it's Huge Human. He usually does the powers, but I am not sure on that one. Uh, so go thank whoever did it in the, the Discord. Awesome. Yeah, and last episode, there was another batch of powers as well um, when you were gone, Tegan. So, we, so it was just lots of new stuff overall. Uh, super cool. All right. Uh, the other new piece for us to touch on is a new species, the uh, Ugor, U-G-O-R. So they are, it looks like they first appeared in Solo, Star Wars story there, and then uh, have had multiple appearances since then in the High Republic series. Uh, looks like the comic series for most of that there. So uh, the Ugor are a sentient blob-like species that exist amongst the galaxy. Looks like their photos, they're in kind of like a weird space suit. So maybe they need that, um, you know, to survive in other environments outside of their native one. So looking at the traits of the Ugor species, uh, they have an ability and score increases of two with constitution and intelligence by one. So uh, maybe an opportunity to build somewhat of a tank character with that con, anything intelligence-based there with that other increase. Looking at their other features, amorphous form, you can squeeze through a space as narrow as one inch wide, providing you are wearing and carrying nothing. You also have advantage on ability checks you make to initiate or escape a grapple. So uh, that blob form, definitely uh, versatile in that aspect. So cool feature there. Dark vision, they have keen eyesight uh, in the dark. A dim light with six, within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light. Uh, Galactic Scavengers, you have proficiency in mechanics kits or scavenging kits, your choice, one of either of those. Natural Resilience is another feature there. You have resistance to poison damage and you have advantage on saving throws against poison. So pretty good feature there, I think, for a species. The last main one here for this species, uh, Shape Self. If you are not incapacitated, you can reshape your body to give yourself a head, one or two arms, one or two legs, and makeshift hands and feet. Or you can revert to a limbless blob. As a bonus action, you can extrude a pseudopod that is up to six inches wide and 10 feet long or reabsorb it into your body. You can use this pseudopod to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow or retrieve an item from an open container or pour out the conta contents of a container. The pseudopod can attack, activate enhanced items, or carry more than 10 pounds. So uh, definitely a pretty cool feature, very unique, but a cool feature for the species that uh, probably have some pretty cool applications in use. So check that one out. That was written by Deb. Uh, so thank you for that. And on those force tech powers, uh, I think similar to the ones before, they were written by various members of the Discord community and a huge human uh, collated most of those. So big thank you again to the community for that content.
All right, uh, that is everything on the front end. Tegan, let's build a starship. At face value, it can be a lot to look at. There's a lot of bits and pieces to it. But once you get it down, I think then, then you can get to getting into air and, and flying this vessel here. So let's see if we can break this down. We are gonna build a medium-sized ship uh, at tier zero. So this is baseline kind of go through that process so we've chosen the gunship i think uh a role that you'll probably often see uh players choose uh groups choose uh, the gunship there and choosing a role comes with five to six i think different features or things that determine what your ship has uh tegan if you run down those what do you get with the role or what does the role define for your ship so the role defines a couple pieces. Uh, one of the biggest that's going to jump out to most people is it determines what ability score improvement you get. Uh, so each of them gives a plus one to a different feature. So uh, for gunship, for instance, you get a plus one to strength going along with that. So each of the different roles gets that plus one. Uh, the other pieces, too, that you get is it gives uh, some initial design choices for your ship. Uh, so it determines what your armor will be. So whether it be like a lightweight deflection armor uh, or reinforced, uh, it also goes over what type of reactor you'll have, uh, your power coupling, uh, as well as uh, your speed and turning uh, for the ship, uh, which is kind of a recent change. In the process of building a starship, I think looking at the roles is one of those things you almost want to do first because you want to get an idea for what it offers and what's your concept for the ship and which one of these roles aligns with that and what are these other what are these other features design choices that come with that role so as tegan mentioned for our gunship we have a plus one to our strength when we determine that our armor is reinforced uh, we have a power core reactor and we have a hub and spoke type power coupling and then for this specific role our speed is 300 feet and then turning is 150 feet so those are things we've all made note of on our starship sheet here and this specific ship will be one of those included in that giveaway there so you get to see what we're building uh, the next step, I think, is uh, the ability scores. Uh, starships, like a player character, have ability scores, the same six, strength, dex, con, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Uh, and, and they work in similar ways. Uh, they all have coordinating skills with those as well. Not every ability score uh, contributes to some other um, feature or mechanic, but uh, there are uh, definitely some significant ones that do. So give us a rundown of those abilities and uh, which ones do impact what. Yeah, I'll start with strength. This is one of the ones I see a lot of people mess up. Uh, this is a concept if you're familiar with Pathfinder and 3.5 did it too. Uh, so with ship attacks, uh, you use your dexterity for your attack, uh, attack mod, to the roll to hit. But for damage, you use strength. Uh, so uh, it's one of those things, or sorry, wisdom for attack mod, and then you use strength for your damage. Uh, so one thing to keep an eye out for there, I've seen people who kind of use the dexterity or completely forget to mix and match what those two are. So uh, if you want to have a ship that hits hard, make sure to bump your strength. Uh, it also determines uh, the number of total ships uh, per round, uh, or number of total shots per round a ship can take. Uh, so strengths definitely getting a little bit of a love here on the ship side. Uh, I know sometimes with 5e people could talk about it doesn't matter as much but with this uh this is how your damage is going to come through and really how you're you're going to really make your ship a heavy hitter uh dexterity for this one is just going to be used for maneuverability so uh mostly just like your boost uh skills and things like that 
Constitutions, uh, definitely valuable for this one, kind of double dipping there too, because uh, it's going to uh, contribute to your whole point calculations, uh, determine your maximum number of suites. Uh, this is really going to determine how uh, durable and how many things you can support with your ship. Uh, intelligence, we're not going to go into too much. It kind of just determines your measuring processing, uh, your data space and storage and all of that. Wisdom, the other piece I've already alluded to, it, but want to make it real clear with here for attack rolls, uh, you're going to use your wisdom modifier. Uh, the wisdom modifier is also going to be what sets your weapon DCs. Uh, so if you use a proton uh, bomb or something like that that has a DC versus an attack roll, uh, it's going to be based off of your wisdom. Same thing with your attack modifier too. Uh, basically, it's determining like your sensors, your scanners, awareness. Uh, so the way the reason they're using it for the attack modifier because they're basically you're using your scanners. To to find a, a bead on the ship you're hunting. So uh, kind of a cool way to do that there. And I like uh, having the dual uh, ability scores for kind of attack roll and damage. I think it kind of spreads stats out and makes sure people have to be attentional with building. So I thought that was cool. They're able to integrate that in there too. And then charisma, which is just all about kind of your presence uh, as well as your electronics communications power. Lots of good things to consider there. Be sure to go through, uh, it's chapter seven in the Starship Rules on the ability scores and what they specifically cover. A quick rundown of the adjoining skills here as well. Under strength, uh, strength will govern over boost and ram skills there. Dexterity governs over hide and maneuvering. Constitution has patch and regulation. Intelligence looks over astrogation, data, and probe skills. Wisdom over scan, and then charisma over impress, interfere, menace, and swindle. Uh, and we'll touch on how you gain access or proficiency or expertise in those skills here a little bit later, uh, but you won't really have anything off the get-go with that. Um, but those are the extra little piece that each of these ability scores will relate to. And uh, for our medium ship, there's no ability score adjustments from having that um, class of a starship. Uh, small and other uh, large and larger will have adjustments there. Just for example, small has a plus two to dexterity, but a minus two to constitution. So out the gate, you have to keep that in mind. But we've made our adjustments plus one to strength in addition to our ability scores because of our role there, the gunship. Another thing is that your size of your starship will also determine any saving throws for medium we have a choice of two so that'll be something we'll throw in there on what we want to do you know maybe that is that strength or con you know looking at that we're not going to get too deep into some of those specific mechanics definitely something to look into later to make those those choices just understand where they come in the process of building this ship all right, so we have our role we have our ability scores um something we touched on a little bit before and in, in uh, what some of these ability scores contribute to is the hull and shield, so armor class and things like that. Um, Tegan, can you tell us how we determine that? Definitely. So one of the big things with this, uh, so remember there's a tier zero too. I know a lot of people get confused with that aspect, uh, but at tier zero, you kind of determine what your base hull and shield points are. Using a medium ship, uh, you're going to have 5d8. You get the full dice with it, so eight plus your uh, constitution modifier for it. And then after that, you get um, either 1d8, or if you take average 5, plus your ship's constitution modifier for each hold die after that first one you get. Uh, so the ships are usually going to be pretty sturdy on that side. Um, usually for most groups I've seen, they usually roll with a medium ship. So uh, it makes sense because way you can throw a lot more TIE fighters, uh, whatever you're fighting against them, and they'll have a little bit of hit points to spare. 
Yeah, definitely. It's very similar to the concept of doing uh, HP for your your player character. So I, you know, think of that when you're determining that. Like if you're doing average for your HP, you get that full uh, hit die up front plus your con modifier for the first like level, and then everyone after is you know average and and whatever. So that's the hull points. And um, shield points, shields, if they're equipped, uh, this threw me a little bit here, but uh, I think I got some clarification from the team. I only small, medium ships in tiny, I'm sure as well, will not have shields natively equipped. Uh, so you'll have to go out and seek a mod uh, equipment piece to add those large or larger will have this. So it'll tell you that, uh, but it's basically the same process for shields. Uh, you have the 5d8 uh, for medium at least, and then same process um, with this example, or at least for the medium ship, eight plus your ship's strength modifier for shield. So that's another aspect where strength comes in. Uh, and then that average plus your strength modifier for each die after the first on the subsequent points, and that determines your uh, maximum there. So within our role choice, uh, the gunship, we have a power core and a hub and spoke power coupling. So power core reactor, hub and spoke power coupling. So within the Starship rules, there's this concept of these power die, and you utilize those when you, when you utilize your certain functions, your certain systems on the ship. And what these two pieces uh, determine is uh, your recovery of those die and the number of die that you have. Uh, Tegan, can you expand on what those offer there? Definitely. So your power die or kind of how you can do your uh, class specific maneuvers. So as a pilot, this is how you get to do some cool piloting maneuvers as your gunner. This is how you do uh, your, your gunning uh, different tactics. I think they call it for the gunners. Uh, so basically these are going to be spent throughout the ship. Uh, and it's one of the cool things if you haven't played starships before, uh, it encourages some cool kind of dynamics and conversations with the group uh, because they have a shared limited number of that resource uh, and have to determine kind of where they're spending it. Uh, and it determines, uh, and this is based off of kind of what type of uh, power coupling and reactor you have on both how much of them you get back each turn, uh, as well as kind of uh, how many of them you have and kind of where they're located. Uh, so with our ship, yeah, we've got the power core, which is a 1D2 recovery. Uh, so somebody will roll a D2 or flip a coin at the start of the turn, and they'll determine how many points they get back. Uh, and then with the uh, hub and spoke uh, system that we have there, uh, basically what that means is that they will have uh, two overall in the, it's kind of a split one, because certain ones of them just store the power dice in the system, and some of them have a reactor. Um, this is store them all in the reactor in the central. Uh, this one is split. So you have uh, two in the central uh, and then one per system as well. Uh, so uh, as the, kind of the crew goes along and burns those power dice and you get others back, you have to determine kind of where you're getting, putting those ones you gain back and have conversations on kind of where it's most beneficial, which I think is cool and I always love when mechanics encourage the players to talk to each other and strategize. So you can have some fun with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like the, the variety there, the options there. Uh, so, so you can have with this system, power coupling system, you can have up to seven power die because you have two in the central storage and then one per system. There are five total systems available. Um, so yeah, you're just keeping that out. Uh, there is 
they're just looking at the other power couplings real quick. There's the distributed power coupling, which puts two per system. So you would just have, you, you know, you would get more power die in that system because you have two per system, so 10 total, but they're locked to system. You can't, and that's the point of that is you can't use, if you got two in engineering and you need an extra one for something else, you can't utilize that because they're locked to that system. So that's a trade-off to have more die, but they're locked. And then the direct power coupling is four. So this is the one that you have the least amount of power die, but you can use them for any system. You could use them all with one specific system uh, if you wanted, needed, things like that. So definitely trade-offs on there and just kind of look at what's gonna best suit your uh, the vessel and what you're kind of going for. All right, uh, so I think that's most of all the initial things that kind of come with the Starship, uh, with the roll, things like that. Um, Let's touch on skills real quick. Uh, we did a little bit before I ran through those. How do we get skills, you know, or proficiency in those skills? And, and that's going to come from modifications. Uh, and there's two levels like your player character, proficiently equipped or expertly equipped is how it's defined here in the Starship rules. Uh, Tegan, touch on that a little bit. And how do we find uh, that aspect of the of the rules? Definitely. So this is a little bit different than a lot of others are used to. Uh, rather than your ship just getting base skills you pick at creation, uh, your modifications are going to be where you typically get your skills. Uh, so with that, uh, different modifications, for instance, if you wanted to have the patch skill, uh, you could pick the damage control system. Uh, and it gives you some other benefits, but it also makes you proficient in the patch skill. Uh, and pretty similar to base game, you've got proficient as well as expertise. Uh, so if you've uh, some of these modifications, if you're already proficient in it, they'll bump you up to expertise too. Uh, so definitely something to keep an eye on. I'd encourage your players to go through because if they don't pick any of those ones with skills, uh, they're just not going to have them. Uh, so definitely one to kind of go through in the building and make sure they're deliberate or kind of focused and deliberate with it. Uh, the other way you can get skills uh, is certain of the um, the feats, uh, not ventures, what are they called? Oh, they are ventures. The ventures uh, will allow your player to add their proficiency to uh, a certain skill role for the ship. Uh, but that's just that they do it, not if the ship as a whole does it. So good ways to look out for So if one player argues for a skill and they can't get the group to go with it, they can take the venture and still pick up that skill and kind of make it worthwhile for the crew. The best way to find this information on the modifications related to skills is in chapter seven of the rules under ability scores. There's a whole section, um, there's a whole table that tells you each skill uh, for each ability and then what modifications um, grant that proficiency there. So Tegan did mention a few um, already. Ram under strength, uh, you can get the hardened prow modification and that will give you proficiency there. Um, one of them is, does not have any modification. It's actually based on piloting proficiency, and that is the maneuvering skill. So if you have piloting proficiency, which I would expect at least one person of your party to do so, then you can go ahead and add that proficiency on your uh, starship sheet for that. And then starships do not come with a proficiency bonus. Um, that's all going to be, you're just going to rely on whatever your players have. So if your players are, have a plus two to their proficiency bonus or as their proficiency bonus, that's what you would add into these numbers. So for our ship, we have a plus three in strength. Uh, let's say we are a level four party. 
Uh, we are proficient in boost. That's going to be plus three for the strength modifier, plus two for the player proficiency for a total of plus five on that skill. So just keep that in mind uh, that the proficiency bonus to add to those skills comes from, comes from the players. So that is skills. Keep that in mind. Definitely a thing to, to figure out how to add to that. Um, and I think that's a good transition into uh, really the last two main parts of building this ship, and that's going to be equipment and modifications. Uh, so Tegan, touch on equipment first and kind of what uh, comes out of that. Some of the stuff we have touched on already is part of that, but what do we find in equipment versus modifications? Definitely. This is where your players will have a lot of well, players that like to kind of go through and tinker and optimize will have a lot of fun with. Uh, they've got a lot of different equipment pieces you can pick. Uh, like Todd mentioned, we've already went through kind of the shields, uh, the power couplings, holes, all those pieces that come with it. Uh, but the other thing that's going to come with the equipment section is weapons. Uh, so this is where you're going to have your uh, the, the four different weapon types. So, so your primary weapons, which are typically your assault lasers, your can't like just your typical lasers and blasters that are attached to the ship uh your secondary weapons which are usually kind of like uh more kind of heavy hitting uh railgun beam type weapons uh then you've got your tertiary weapons which is your proton torpedoes your missile launchers all of those and then you've got quaternary weapons which i probably butchered the pronunciation uh but basically those are like bombs that you can shoot out uh think Django fett uh in episode two when he let up that seismic bomb uh that's where you can they actually have that in there that's where you can get that type of bomb uh and throw it at your players every players throw it at you so uh that's one of the big pieces for it and kind of going through equipment is determining what type of weapon you want to have uh, now, one of the big things to keep in mind with ship combat, too, uh, and this is kind of touching a little bit on mods, but your weapons are going to be facing. Uh, so there's going to be certain areas that they're facing, either front, um, to the sides, uh, like port and starboard using the ship terms and behind you. Uh, so when your players pick it, too, make sure that they go through and say which way it's facing and keep that as they're going through the combat and kind of make sure they have to focus or orient themselves correctly to be able to use their weapons. That's kind of equipment, you know, weapons are one of the big ones that are not part of that initial role selection and things like that. So, you know, armor, power coupling, reactor, and shield, those are pretty much going to be determined when you're choosing the role, uh, the other things. So hyperdrive is definitely going to be a common equipment piece that people are going to add. Uh, you will gain that via a modification. And then weapons are the other obvious big piece to that. And, um, you know, there's another aspect of that that we'll get into right now as we get into modifications. Uh, so modifications are those other pieces that you'll add onto your ship. Uh, for our medium ship, we get up to 30 modifications that this ship can be outfitted with. Uh, there are a couple uh, base, you have a choice of one sweet modification and one non-sweet modification that's included with the ship at stock, so basically free. And then um, you have 30 more available slots there. Uh, touching on the suites, there's each starship size it has a maximum number of suites available. For medium, it is three plus your ship's constitution modifier. Uh, our ship is a plus one, so we'll be at four total suites available. So those would be things like living quarters, etc. cetera. Uh, a small ship, for example, oftentimes you're probably not gonna have any suites just because, you know, consider like a X-Wing, it doesn't have, you know, living quarters. It's, it's just the cockpit. Tegan, what modifications have we chosen for our Starship here and kind of tell us why and and you know what they what they interact with 
Oh, definitely. So we, uh, we've already touched on our living quarters as well as our hyperdrive slot. Uh, the next big one that we've chosen is the uh, Nava computer. Uh, so this does a couple of cool things. And if you've uh, never looked through the Starship rules, one of the, the, the fun things I think they replicate is the making the jump to hyperspace. Uh, and so we're doing so you have to make astrogation checks. Uh, which can be pretty hard, uh, especially if you're in the middle of a fight uh, and if you're not properly equipped. Uh, what the Navi computer does is allows you to be proficiently equipped with astrogation checks uh, and also lets you do it as a bonus action versus a full action. Uh, so uh, whoever is running that on the crew can still do something cool with their action, make their astrogation check, uh, and kind of still prepare for that jump to hyperspace. Um, outside of that, we gave our uh, ship two hard points. Uh, and hard points are necessary for installing a weapon. So whatever you uh, want to add. Uh, and with our two weapons, we did uh, quad lasers uh, facing front. So the quad laser cannon with a kind of a front facing view and then twin laser cans in the back to get anybody that's pursuing us. Uh, so hard points are the, the tier zero one that you can choose. Uh, this is the one that has a limited firing arc. Uh, they've made a recent change too. Uh, so there is one that you can pick to uh, kind of the turret option with the modification to allow you to have a 360 arc, uh, but that has been increased to a tier two requirement. Uh, so now uh, to be able to get that, you have to be to have your ship has to be tier two, uh, and then you'll be able to install that and get that 360 view and be able to shoot all around the ship, uh, which I think is actually kind of cool because I think everybody kind of always just went before and bought that turret option and kind of didn't really deal with that aspect of it. So I think that's nice that they kind of made it a little bit more mandatory uh, to at least deal with it for part of it. Um, outside of that, so this one I wanted to give some cool stuff with it too. Uh, so I gave a super heavy ion cannon, uh, which is a fun one, especially if you're ever going to be doing any like pirating options or anything like that, or uh, taking on Imperial ships and you want to take it intact. Uh, basically, it's going to allow you to shoot a thousand feet uh, with a limited firing arc. Uh, they're going to make a constitution save or be stunned. Uh, so kind of a good way, even if you're not doing pirating acts, if you want to shoot a larger ship and kind of have it stunned out while you make your jump to hyperspace, kind of a cool way to do that too. Uh, also with this, I wanted to give a couple more skills to the ship. So we've got the damage control system, uh, which is, gives you the patch modification, uh, but it also uh, allows you to uh, do some uh, patching of the ship while you're uh, in flight. So uh, basically what it does is a crew member can take the patch action as a bonus action versus their full action. And you can do that a number of times uh, equal to your ship's tier, minimum of one. So tier zero, you can do that once, uh, but it allows you to free up your action and still patch up the ship. Uh, and then uh, the last two we did, uh, with this being a gunship, I thought it'd be cool if they're a little bit menacing. Uh, so we did the threatening design, um, which is going to allow you to uh, be proficient in the menace um, skill, which is kind of like intimidation. Uh, and then also uh, allow you to uh, try to demoralize a ship within a thousand feet, uh, basically making them make a charisma save or a wisdom saving throw based off your ship's charisma. Uh, and if so, they're frightened and can't willingly move closer to you. So pretty cool on that side. And then finally, uh, the I, we included the tractor beam because there's just some fun shenanigans you can have with the tractor beam, moving asteroids, uh, moving ships, and just kind of some fun stuff a group can do with it. So wanted to have that in there too. Tractor beam, always a good, fun uh, modification there. Absolutely. Be warned, your players will try to steal ships and add them to their collection uh, with, with something like that. That always happens. 
Yeah. So, so those are just some of the initial things. Um, Tegan, do you know if, you know, if you were presenting this opportunity to your players to build a ship, uh, what, you know, is there, is there money that is involved, like our, our amount of uh, credits you get to start with? What's the guidelines there? So that's one of the things. There's not many hard guidelines there. I actually brought that up to Rick uh, a little while ago uh, when Invasion first started because uh, I was looking for some myself. Uh, so the way I, I've done it in the past is I usually give like um, outside of like the hard points for weapons. I always start them with two, two hard points for free. Um, I usually give them four to five mods that the group has to decide what they want to do with. Uh, and then they can kind of go from there. Uh, and outside of that, they start with kind of the baseline equipment. Uh, so I'm like nothing too crazy for the weapons, uh, nothing too crazy for like uh, the, the other things. And they can kind of go through, pick the mods they want. And then as we do Starship stuff, we kind of give rewards out or they've got credits they can spend from other things to, to enhance the ship further. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's great uh, input there on how to handle that. Um, Cause as we said, with this medium ship, you have up to 30 modifications and, you know, without any restrictions there, that's a pretty beefed out ship, uh, you know, from the get go. So I think uh, kind of just figuring out what you want to present if it's, you know, and that can be very narrative too of like, Oh, this is an old beater. It's got nothing on it or, you know, whatever. And then, of course, uh, go through those rules in the, you know, chapter four modifications, which talks about installation cost, purchase cost and all that stuff and how that works when they want to make those upgrades down the road there. Definitely. Yeah. So that's pretty much our starship there. We will have this available for you to check out, uh, kind of see what we went through. Uh, Tegan, any other thoughts overall considerations when either as a GM or as players that you're building a ship, what considerations should you make uh, in that process? Uh, the biggest one, oh, a couple I'll say, the biggest one, though, is make sure that you uh, include your skill modifications that have skills because uh, your ship really isn't going to be able to do much if you don't do that. So uh, be intentional with that piece uh, just to really make sure it's fun and you can succeed on your skill checks versus just biffing them. Uh, so that's definitely a big piece. Um, outside of that, it, I'll just kind of say it's a lot of information. It's kind of just a, a whole other game within the game. Uh, so just kind of go at it at your own pace. Uh, you may get some things wrong in your first build. Uh, you may have some rules you miss, but just kind of go at it. You'll learn it as it comes, uh, and you'll be able to kind of pick it up and kind of get more rules as written as you go. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely a lot to take in, but you know, just kind of do what you can to get over that. Uh, GMs, I think it definitely helps a party to try and present uh, at least a very baseline starship to your players and then allow them to maybe add a couple things as opposed to them trying to build this. Uh, you know, you're basically four or five, six players building a single character, which as you can imagine, could maybe get a little out of hand. Um, you know, unless you have a designated single player to be that person to do that baseline work there. So players, if you are out there and presented with an opportunity to have a starship, again, maybe designate one person to do that baseline. And then as a group, look at your modifications and things like that, because um, there definitely does need to be a lot of group effort to get this up and running. Uh, but then once you do, you have a very cool, you know, almost like base, moving uh, base of ap operations, uh, which is really cool. And, and I think there's a lot of cool features that, uh, you know, the suites, we didn't really dive into a lot of the specifics, but there's a lot of suites that do cool things for when you're doing like long rests and, and otherwise it can help you out. So it's not all about just uh, combat amongst you know, out in space, there's a lot of other things that can assist your, you know, quote unquote ground game. 
Hundred percent, definitely co-sign having either building yourself or having one player do it because uh, you either get off hand or nobody will want to be that guy and they just won't do anything with it. So yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, to, to sign somebody or see who's kind of most likely to, to want to jump in there, just do it yourself, or because otherwise, yeah, just nothing will happen. All right. Well, that is uh, our Starship build here. We hope that has helped a little bit. So as I said, this uh, Starship we built here, which is a gunship, will be available. And we're also going to put together a freighter and a maybe a courier. I haven't decided on the other one I'm going to put. I think a courier or a navigator. But we will have three baseline tier zero ships ready to go that you can just take and present to your table. So then you can modify from there. Uh, maybe even trim back some of the modifications we include. So you have the opportunity there. Uh, but check those out for free on our Patreon to add to your game. Let us know. Um, tell us about these ships that you have built. What are some cool combinations that you put together and how have you utilized those in your games? We'd love to hear about that as well. Uh, we have next episode will be another DM Spotlight. Uh, so uh, no guest scheduled yet, but we will find another fantastic member of the community to talk with them about their time in Tabletops and Star Wars 5e. Uh, until then, though, thank you, as always, to all of our listeners, followers, and subscribers. We will see you on the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.